welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the first Dynasty Podcast in 2018. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here are my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Richard, uh, yeah, we're back after a couple of weeks off. Yeah, uh, just diving into the 2018 here, the worst year of my life so yeah, far. You, <laughs> you look uh, like a bunch of mashed up buttholes, man. I've been sick for yeah. almost two weeks. Yeah, you look terrible. Super sick too. Like at one point, I was super sick. Year started off New Year's Eve. You know, came into 2018. I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. Went to Disney on the second. Mm-hmm. Terrible, worst vacation ever. Get down there. It's freezing. It's cold. I leave here to go see sunny Florida. Sunny Florida is not so sunny. It's not so Florida. It's cold. So cold, in fact, that I get the flu. And no, 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 no. Not just the kind of flu that's like, oh, I kind of got the flu. Like, I'm dying flu. Last two days in Florida, didn't get out of bed in my hotel room. Kids are out there at the park having fun. Yeah. I hope they are having fun. I'm dying inside the room. It's not often you go for a vacation in Florida and don't come back with some sort of color in your face. You might actually have lost color. No, yeah, yeah. I might have had some windburn. I've you, lost pounds. <laughs> yeah, you. I didn't eat. You look pale. You look skinny. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I look terrible. Yeah, 2018's off to a terrible look, start. So I've been sick like for two so weeks. Crap. And that's what friends are for. Yeah. To yeah. sit here and tell you how crappy you look when you look like crap. Can't be beautiful all the time. No. Nope. But I got plenty of time to regain my beauty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so I might cough a couple times in this podcast because I'm still a little sick. But you know, the show must go. We can't take three weeks off. No, I can't no. imagine. So today uh, we're back. We're talking about some of these coaching changes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this, hopefully this is the first step to make 2018 better uh, by doing the podcast. Something that we love. Yes, sir. Because um, sometimes love cures all. Right. That's what they say, at least, man. That's love, what love me. Yeah. Just gotta love you. <laughs> get out of my face uh so after after and we're gonna do bad, a we're gonna do good. a quick uh 2017 rookie mock remock not draft not remock but rookie draft rookie redraft yeah. years over pretty much i mean there's only a couple more nfl games left sure uh so let's see where we uh hold these rookies let's see how much it's changed from what about nine months ago Yep, when we were doing the uh, beginning of the year draft. And it's a good way to start the year is to recap last year. Mm-hmm. And then our second episode, we could just do a way too early rookie mock draft. I like it, man. So we'll come back next week. We'll do a 2018 rookie mock draft. Mm. That'll resemble nothing whatsoever the final draft. Like, they never do. They so, never do. But, but it's fun always exercise. fun. It, yeah. is, it is fun. Get the names out there. Get don't have all the stats. Don't have all the no, tape in there. Just no, mostly going absolutely. off, you know, a lot of data. Tell you what, I'm taking one one. It's Quan Barkley. It's a Quan Barkley. That won't change. Yeah, that won't change. You know, Darius Guys to be up there. Mm-hmm. The receivers are gonna be a hot, hot mix in there with you know Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, James mm-hmm. Washington. Those guys are gonna be mixing there pretty good. Deep uh, tight end class. It looks like this year, real deep at running back this year. Receivers look okay. Quarterbacks are gonna be so so. Uh, Nick Chubb's probably dropped a lot over the last twelve months. He definitely has. Yes. Where Sonny Michelle is like the guy you want out of Georgia, in my opinion, personally. I haven't dug in enough to say that. but Can he be the next Alvin Kamara? Maybe. Who knows? All I know is this class, running back-wise, was studly. 2017. 2017. It was. It was Four ridiculous. of those guys 
were top 12 running back ones. That's crazy. That's insane. But in the meantime, as always, at the end of the year, coaches have been fired. They have. Been. Sometimes it's going to affect your dynasty team because coaches coach the players on the team and they uh, they dictate who gets the ball when. Definitely. So an indie Josh McDaniels is going there. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, that's good news for Andrew Luck if he ever plays again. Right. Don't know. Don't even know what he looks like. Forgot. I just so know he's uh, Amish. Interesting. You know, obviously Jacoby Brissett came there from New England as well. Hmm. Could you read some tea leaves and say maybe they're not so sure that Andrew no. Luck will be back? No, I, not, right. I'm not going to read any of those tea leaves. Andrew Luck's missed an entire year. If he doesn't come back for next year, then there's something seriously wrong there. That's what I mean. They're bringing in Josh McDaniels. Well, in the very least, at least Jacoby Brissett will be there to uh, help Andrew Luck with any of the verbiage and, and whatever with their new terminology. Yeah. If and- Josh McDaniels does get hired. And that should be good news for uh, just the offense as a whole. Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Josh McDaniels. It's so hard. Like, it's so hard to judge those guys when you have like guys like Tom Brady. Like, what are they going to come and bring to the offense? It's kind of like when ben, ben McAdoo got promoted, you know, out of Green Bay. It's like you have Aaron Rodgers, dude. Of course, you're doing pretty hunky dory over there, right? No, all those hunky weapons you got. We have had a, a, another look at Josh McDaniels there in Denver. But then again, it was with team Tim Tebow, so it's hard yeah. to tell exactly what that would be that like. Was, that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. We'll, let's like, we'll talk to Gruden about Gruden here, but we're not there yet. Uh, Detroit, Matt Patricia is most likely going to be the head coach there. Right. Uh, defensive coach. Yep. So Hopefully the Cooter stays on. That um, is going to be highly uh, likely that Jim Bob is going to be staying on, which is going to be great news for that offense because, to me, Jim Bob Cooter is a hell of an offensive coordinator. No, he is a good offensive coordinator. I think – they are obviously a little limited in their running game, and you would think with the defensive-minded coach coming in, they would they would try to lean a little bit more on the running game just to kind of help that side of the ball. Yeah, I'm very interested in who they're going to draft. Uh, that's going to change up some draft boards a little bit. I'm hoping they get Darius Geis, the big pound and bruiser. You leave Theo Rick in there, who still finishes a high-quality pass catcher running back there. So... I'm hoping to get Darius Geis or some kind of back along those lines. Yeah, somebody like that would be a really nice fit there in Detroit. And I think, you know, obviously that would serve whoever the new coach is pretty well. It's like if Saquon Barkley goes to the Browns, that hurts Duke Johnson a little bit just because Saquon Barkley is a all-around all around running sure. back there. Even though, you know, Duke Johnson finishes the year as a running back one, that hurts his value pretty tremendously. Now, I think Duke's good enough no matter what. He'll still get some PT but just not the kind that would happen if Saquon Barkley goes there at four. I agree. Which I hope. But obviously, you know, rookies in their in their rookie <laughs> years a lot of the times have troubles in, in pass pro and stuff like that. So, And that would be Duke's role if, if yes. they did get an all-around guy like Saquon Barkley. So it's, it's not overly worried. Right, because he'd it's still be moment. out there catching passes and, and doing the, yeah, the pass Yeah, not blocking. as much as people are going to make it out to be, uh, but still – Worrisome nonetheless. Right, but that's like year one type of stuff. Like year by year two, Saquon Barkley could be totally acclimated to the third down role. And, and Saquon Barkley's really good at pass protection as it is. He might right. arguably be the best pass protector coming out of this draft above running and at pass catching. Yes, you're gonna hear it probably now for the next four to five months. Saquon Barkley's one that's gonna be one of the best running back prospects that we have scouted, that we have seen, that we've uh Come out. So, I mean, there's Todd Gurley, there's Zeke Elliott, there's a guy like that, but Saquon Barkley could easily be ahead of all of those guys. He's that good. We'll see. So, yeah. Uh, Tennessee, they fired their coach. Yeah, so that they was a playoff game. That, that one was, was a, why, why not? Yeah, that one was a little bit surprising. And, um, 
obviously um, that offense was doo doo, so I don't even care. Right. Obviously, they're not getting what they really want out of their young quarterback, and really the offense as a whole is. It's like almost. I mean, it's almost like the Jeff Fisher type offense. Like, let's just smash into people and, and not worry about throwing the ball all that much. Yeah, and I need to see some more out of Corey Davis. You'll see a, he slipped a little bit in his rookie ranks, which is uh, not more of a knock on him. It's just how good these running backs are, I would say, when we get to it. Because right. to me, Corey Davis is still one of my favorite uh, wide receiver prospects that I have watched film on. Still a huge fan of Corey Davis and his future long term. Mm-hmm. Showed this past week in the playoffs, scored two touchdowns. Right, yeah. Done muffin. Uh, Arizona doesn't have a head coach or a quarterback. They don't even have a quarterback on a roster that's signed. Uh, right. Uh, so both those guys retired. <laughs> uh, basically, health reasons for Bruce Arians. And, and obviously, uh, Carson Palmer's just old. Yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah. Uh, he's been around for a long time. Simmons is old. So he, he retired. Yeah, they're all, they're all gone. So uh, Wait, waiting on word from uh, Larry Fitz that that hasn't come down yet. It sounds like he doesn't really care who the quarterback is. It's going to be his decision either way. Like just uh, they'll sign somebody. It's going right. to be either like a Sam Bradford case. One of those guys. They'll find somebody and they'll be okay. Definitely with Fitz, he'll be okay. I agree. So uh, yep. rumored coach wise, I don't know. I haven't really. Heard I haven't. I, yeah, no, there. yeah. There, there haven't been any solid leads as to who they're they're eyeballing there. New York Giants. Ned Flanders is out. Pat Trimmer is <laughs> looking like he's going to come in, which he's he's done really good with the quarterbacks he's worked with and offenses he's worked with as well. Let's see if he brings Case Keenan with him. They're going to draft a quarterback most likely at number two overall. I would be surprised if you know with Eli there if he would bring. Case Keenum, I don't think Keenum would want to. You know, like, most likely not. They'd have to get rid of right. Eli they by a trade. To, right. Somebody. Uh, so we'll see what Pat Sherman most likely going there. They need a running back. They have their tight end, obviously. Odell Beckham's obviously their number one receiver. They got to get him locked up as well, though. But Eli is long in. Uh, I say it all the time, but say it incorrectly. He's he's yeah. He's long in the tooth. It means yeah. he's old. I'm sorry. I'm sick. It's okay. I don't have a lot of energy. That's all right. I'm not very peppy today. That's all right. I'll I'll pull I'll pull you in. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're probably going to draft the quarterback at number two overall. Moving on, Oakland. They re-signed John Gruden to a ten-year, hundred million dollar contract, which is insane to me because John Gruden hasn't coached forever. Hasn't been a, even when he did coach, hasn't been a good coach since what 2002. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so, uh, his offenses have been somewhat less to be desired. Over those last five years of his coaching, they were. Let's career see. Let's see. What, let's see. Bay. Let's see what he brings back. You know, after being away from the game that long and kind of really sampling the in, the the whole NFL as a whole, as you know, week in and week out, doing the games and everything. I wonder if he'll have adjusted. I hope so. What he does, he seems smart enough too. I think he does. Yeah, do that. And he he knows the team. Hopefully, this helps out. Derek Carr some. Hopefully, he can get Mari Cooper on track. That's a big thing here is right. just getting Mari Cooper on track. And then, of course, the Bears sign Matt Nagy. Yep. Uh, the Chiefs. Right, so that's the, the Chiefs OC. I think I mean, I think that's good news for guys like um, Tariq Cohen and Adam Shaheen, both guys that are, I think as rookies flashed but were probably underused um, in the old scheme. And obviously, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I think it's really good. The offense they are going to run that West coast offense. I think it's going to suit Mitch Trubisky really well. Look for them to sign a receiver in free agency and most likely draft a guy. They should go out there and heavily pursue a guy like Allen Robinson. Uh, Jarvis Landry would fit. Right. 
Don't forget, Very well. don't forget, Cam Meredith um, is coming. He's coming back. back. Kevin White's well. coming back. You know, but yep. you know, he's done. He yeah. didn't do anything. Who knows? I think Jarvis Landry would fit that. You know, if they had the money to spend, would fit right in there with Mitch Trubisky. Very well, but then again, Jarvis Landry fit in with a lot of offenses really well. I think he would, yeah. So those are coaching changes. Uh, again, it's it's still so early. Free agency is going to change a lot. The draft's going to change a lot to see there. And we don't even know who had the coaches are going to be for the other teams. Right. So it's getting the porn thing with the whole topic of this episode. Let's uh, let's redraft our uh, rookies here at our 200th episode. Sweet man. You know this was our 200th episode. I didn't. It is. It was like if this was the Simpsons. We'd be celebrating like episode 200. Cool. Yeah, kind of cool, right? But it's not. It's the Dennis Neards podcast, so we just did our celebration. Was that so, it? So, I don't know. 200 episodes is a lot. 200 is cool. No, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. All right. Well, let's, let's redraft these rookies. So, we did go through this prior to and made a list. We went back. The way we did it was we went back and forth. You got to pick a player. I got to pick a player. You got to pick a player. I mean, I got to pick a player. You picked first, but yeah, it, it so, did generally go like that. So let's get into it, shall we? So the first overall pick in the 2017 rookie redraft, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara. Yeah. This guy, to me, he's a future in this offense. We don't know how long Mark Ingram is going to be around. Uh, will he be around next year? Will he not be? He's shown up to me where he can run between the tackles and that he can run, obviously, as a pass-catching running back. He finished the year as a third overall receiver amongst rookies with 826 yards. And on top of that, when it comes to rushing, he finished the year as I can't let me go back here as a number overall in yards. I'm trying to bring it up here. Okay, move back here. It's third, third. So he's a third overall receiver, third overall rusher behind Cream Hunt, and Leonard Fournette, and that was you know missing early in the year with Adrian Peterson on the roster. Didn't start off strong, then came back with just him and Mark Ingram. Both finished over a thousand all-purpose yards. Both over fifteen hundred all-purpose all-purpose yards, yards. Right. to me. Alvin Kamara is the easy picker of such a deep, talented class. He finishes the year healthy. He's a heavy part of that offense. He's in a run in the for rookie of the year. It's between him and Kareem Hunt. To me, he's locked in as the 1-1 here. If you took somebody else, I wouldn't argue with you, but it wouldn't. to me, it wouldn't be the smart pick. I totally agree um, that Alvin Kamara should be the pick. He finished running back three overall. I think year. I would argue with you if you picked someone else. So I'm glad you picked him. Yeah. So he finishes a year as running back yeah. three overall in PPR leagues. The guy is a stud. He's not going anywhere. Right now, I think he's got a dynasty ADP of very late first, very high second, right around there, which to me is right up that of where he belongs. And it's for the first time in a while when I look at startup ADP, where we always talk about building around these rookie or these young receivers where I would take still some of these young receivers early. But after that, I'm grabbing either at the end of the first or high second. I'm trying to get my hands on one of these running backs. It would be it would be a it would behoove you to do that at the, at this point. I mean, these guys, you, you could almost, I mean, if you're at the end of the round, you could double up and get one in that, you know. I still a, have to go receiver coming back to me. But, yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, absolutely, where it feels like I'm going to take my running, my receiver still trying to early, and you know, let these guys take David Johnson, Zeke Elliott. Le'Veon Bell, because right. I want to get my hands on Alvin Kamara. That's yeah. a guy I want. Somebody totally young, agree. somebody's going to produce and got through the year healthy. So one one Alvin Kamara, New and, Orleans Saints. And I, I struggled with the second pick as I did a lot of these. I felt like there was there was just the early ones just because there was so much talent on the board. Um, I ended up going with um, Kareem Hunt just because just because he finished healthy and it was between him and Dalvin Cook for me. 
I loved Alvin Cook's um, obviously what he did in like that three or four game span where he was healthy and, and the starter. But, you know, obviously a little bit of a red flag that, that he just, you know, he got injured. So um, that that was enough to bump Kareem Hunt above for me. I that, would have taken Kareem Hunt here too, too, to, for exactly what you said. He made it through the year healthy. He's locked in as the main focus of that he, offense. He, thirteen Over 1,300 rushing yards. Led the NFL right. in rushing yards. Finished right. as running back four overall in PPR leagues. They're most likely going to go with Pat Mahomes, which means they're going to have to rely on the run even more next year. And who knows how well Kareem Hunt would have finished if they didn't get away from the run for those four or five games where they had their bad streak there. Right. So he could have done even better. So I, too, agree with – you know, I love Dalvin Cook as much as the next guy. Right. And – it's it, to me, it's it's two A and two B here. But if you're going to look for an edge, you got to look for the guy that finished your health. Yeah, he did it and stayed healthy and 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 really produced. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's up there like Scream Hunt again. When we're talking about young running backs, I want I, like if I'm coming away out of a startup draft in the second round, I have to come away with one of these rookies. I have to come away with one of these guys. I'm still going to try and grab a young receiver if I can. You know, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, whether it be like a Michael Thomas, a Devontae Adams. I still want to come away with one of those guys mm-hmm. early right. as my main focus, but I'd love to come back afterwards and come away with a guy like Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook. And then if even possible, one of those guys there in the third round, which is something I normally don't do is take running back, running back in a startup draft. If one of these guys was on the board, say a Dalvin Cook because of injury there in the third round, um, say – I, you know, Leonard Fournette's not going to be there. But even a guy like Christian McCaffrey would be somewhat tempting. No one needs to be involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So at number three, I would take Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook finishes the year as running back 72 overall. We all know that was cut short drastically because of injury. Right. The Minnesota, you know, their team's really good. They're playing for the NFC Championship. Going, most likely going to go to the Super Bowl. But the running game's not that hot. And Dalvin Cook showed early why we had him as 1-1 coming into the year at running back. So... He just drops a little bit. It's not because of talent. It's just because of the injury itself coming back. Still a dynamic talent as it is. Wouldn't surprise me if he finished the year next year, 2018, higher than any of these running backs in fantasy points. It would it, yeah, me. it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me either, man. So, it, I mean, it literally was just a four-game stretch. So, But any of those guys, again, any of these guys right now that we talked about the three, and we're not even done yet, I'm, I'm ecstatic about coming any, any, away with any one of these guys. So, very very much so. So Dalvin Cook at three is my pick here, ahead of Leonard Fournette. Uh, and you can say, well, why are you saying this because of where they finished because of Leonard Fournette? For me, it's just Leonard Fournette's ankle. It's it's the number one reason why you can't argue. I mean, you if it wasn't if I wasn't worried about Leonard Fournette's ankle, which is something we talked about before the year started, right. hey, this could be a concern. It was a concern all year. In the playoff game, he had to come out sure. for a little bit because yeah, of the sure ankle. Did. It's going to be a concern for a while. And most likely forever. Mike Dyson and Mike said, he's like, my biggest beef with Fournette is, I think you have to worry about his ankle his entire career. And most likely it's going to be something that cuts his career short. It's already going down the the route where it's going to have to be managed. It's it, They had to manage it all this year already. And the, the guy's only a rookie. Which so. sucks because he's, he's unbelievable. Because he's your next pick at four. Yeah, I was going to say, br- let's just bring it around and, and just say, you know, at number four, I am going to take Leonard Fournette. So I'm not, like, trying to dog him and, and totally bash this guy. But Leonard, I mean, let's just – he would be higher if it wasn't for the injury concern in both of our eyes. Yeah. He, he showed more than we thought in the passing game this year. Not that he was, like, amazing or anything. 
but um, he showed he, well, very well. Yeah, thirty six receptions for th- for three hundred and two yards. I mean, that's pretty decent. It's so phenomenal for for, for what I for what, what we expected. What out we of expect him. out yeah. of him. And he finished the year as running back nine, and that's missing a lot of games, right? A lot of time. He still finished the year as running back nine overall in PPR leagues. And the guy's just an overall monster. So yeah, so we're in no way trying to like dissuade you. Um, and yeah, he missed one, two. He missed three games. So I mean, that's this is a guy who again, who he's gonna go in the second round of dynasty startups, right. uh, high second round too. So it boils down to longevity, and and this guy, you, me, you know, dynasty Mike. Also, we're just not sure that this guy's gonna be able to have a fully functioning ankle for his whole career. Yeah, next year is a big year for me for Leonard Fournette. Him finishing the year as running back nine overall right now gives him tremendous value, mm-hmm. age, and all that. I do have some Leonard Fournette shares right. in Dynasty Leagues. Right. Uh, if next year, like, I'm going to take this whole offseason off, get healthy. You know, now he's not – you know, last year he, there was no offseason. He had a college football season. They, they said his ankle was 100%. What We were still questioning that. They had to push hard for the NFL combine, get ready for the NFL. Yep. Than the NFL draft. So now he actually has some off time. Well, he's still playing, obviously. But this offseason has some off time to get that ankle healthy. I am – if he has the same thing – if next year goes exactly the same as this year, I'm getting out. I'm done. I'm out for him. I'm going to sell him. I'm going to get what I can for him. Either, A, another young running back, B, a nice package deal for running back and receiver, or maybe the 2019 rookie running back class, which should be pretty solid as well. One of those guys plus something. But I'm not going to sit here and ride the train into the ground to Nowhereville, right. which is what I'd be majorly concerned with his ankle. And maybe it's one of those things that can last for the next six, seven years, but to me it would be way too much of a red flag for Leonard Burnett. I'm way too worried about it now. And I, he's young, healthy, and a stud. But I'm literally concerned about that ankle. I am as well. I totally agree with all the points you were making about his ankle. So let's okay. just move on to the next pick. It was you up at number five. So to me, those number four top four picks to me are pretty locked in. I agree. As a top four. Mm-hmm. Now, number five, again, you, this is where I think from here on was we're going to get a lot of people go, well, why don't you take so-and-so? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because this is our podcast, and this is why we want to take these people. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Corey Davis at number five. I can hear people already go, oh, Corey Davis over Juju Smith? What are you talking about? One did this, one did that. To me, I'm not letting, you know, Corey Davis's one year in the NFL where he started off injured as it was, not utilizing offense whatsoever. Rookie receivers who do usually take a little bit of time to come over, uh, get past four years of tape. This is a guy I had at one one overall head of all these talented running backs. I still think he's a stud. An absolute stud. And I think if they could get him utilized just like he had those two touchdowns in the playoff game. I was just gonna mention that, yep. I think he is still gonna be somebody that's gonna be down the road a top-end wide receiver one, dynasty startup wide receiver. And we'll look back at this year saying, hey, uh, it was just a rookie year. Way, people jump on these rookies way too often right. to come out here and succeed right away. And for the wide receiver position, it's a really posi- hard position to come out and do so. It definitely is. Um, <laughs> he flashed enough throughout the season – and. It, to say that you know one what I saw in college will eventually translate. It's not like he's he's just he's just coming along a little slowly. I think just mostly due to the offense and, and yeah, he flashed. Yeah, he, a lot he of bad flashed. Pa- a lot of bad passes to right. him. So yep. the offense as a whole just not really even throwing the ball his way. I mean, honestly, I don't think Mariota was rounded into full form. You know, throughout the whole entire season, I think he he played better in the playoffs. Um, 
But I think that's part of the reason why the coach got fired because they're not really seeing the progress that they need out of the offense. Not at all. So, I mean, they're going to move on. They're going to bring in a new guy, which kind of, you know, stinks for uh, a rookie wide receiver. But, you know, he he was high enough ranked where I, I would still think, you know, for his longevity and the and his career, his career arc is still higher for me for Juju Smith. So yeah, he's he's still at the, to me, a low end round two, high end round three dynasty starter right. player, Corey Davis in my eyes. Uh, somebody I'm using, I'm using this past year to buy low on. If I can get Corey Davis, literally besides any pick, besides the one, one in this year's draft, I would give up for Corey Davis, me personally. So if I have one, two this year, and I can get Corey Davis. I'm making that move and still taking that player. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tennessee as well, I know, you know, Derek Henry had a great playoff run there. Uh, Definitely his last game. I'm using that as motivation to sell, just for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that's there. a good that's a good point to uh, <laughs> kind of uh, pick up on there Sorry, in, in the Corey Davis talk. There, uh, you should definitely use that to to move on from that guy. So at number six, um, you'd be on the clock. I was on the clock, and Christian McCaffrey was a, a relatively easy pick um, compared to some of the other ones I had to make. Just, I mean, 80, 80 receptions out of a out of a running back in his rookie season phenomenal 651 yards he he put up another uh 435 yards of of rushing so over a thousand total yards and and uh i think seven total touchdowns so i mean really nice year out of this guy and i think they're only going to try to be more creative they, they brought in norv turner He's so um, fast. yeah he is so fast they brought I mean, in this year's running back 10 overall yeah so so I, I mean i think the offense is going in the right direction uh for the panthers and um, I, I see big things, bigger things in, in his future. So It just shows how strong this rookie class is. So, yeah, running back 10 overall, you have Christian McCaffrey. At number 9 overall, you have Leonard Fournette. At number 4 overall, you have Kareem Hunt. Number 3 overall, Alvin Kamara. That's four in the top 10 of rookie running backs. And Dalvin Cook clearly would have finished in there if he would have stayed healthy. Crazy. Woulda, coulda, yeah. shoulda. Right. But I like the Christian McCaffrey pick here. I have no argument there. When you get, when you get a running back that's going to be a running back one, at the number six overall pick in a rookie draft, yeah, I mean, just based off the number of receptions that he got, he'll be a, he'll be a, a running back one, and that you know, I think they're going to be getting him more you know rushing attempts as well. Not that they need to, but um, I really like the, where this guy's. Yeah, going. I never, I don't, I think he'll ever be that in between tackles runner. I don't even care about getting more in between tackles run, rushing because I don't think it's ever going to come in to anything that's going to hold merit or be of any value to your team no but i mean he's got 435 now if he can get to like six seven hundred which isn't a ton that'd be fin- oh that's but, good enough but, yeah but throw it for on, his role throw it on top of another 700 receiving you know and yeah i love where he is. this this is exactly if he can just do this for the next six six years what tremendous value right. out of your rookie pick you know this is kind of pick that literally it's franchise changing for yep, you definitely. you're gonna run him back one Who's you know that solid PPR guy, which is fine, which is great if they if they could do it. If, it doesn't matter how you finish as a running back one if you finish as a running back one. Again, Duke Johnson finished years as a running back one in a terrible Cleveland offense. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's because I mean it's because the the floor every week on one of these guys <laughs> that catches the passes we talk about it all the time. It's so much higher than a guy that's touchdown dependent. You know who. You know, it's why it, Alvin Kamara right. is where he's at among all these talented running backs because exactly. the way he catches the football it gives you that huge edge over your opponents. So number seven here, I'm taking Evan Ingram, tight end, New York Giants. Finish the year is tight end number five. My overall. man. Yeah. Woo. Love this guy. Love him more ways, I can say. To me, there's not another dynasty tight end 
that I would want over Evan Ingram if I was doing a startup. Not saying that, you know, Gronk and Ertz and Kelsey are the guys right now, but for when it comes to the tight end position, I would love to get a guy like Evan Ingram that I can have at tight end and not worry about for the next eight to nine years. That's where I see him. I see him as the future number one, one overall at tight end. Obviously, Gronk's the man. You know, Kelsey's the man. They're a little bit older, and they got injury concerns. You know, Zach Ertz, with Carson Wentz coming back next year, no problem with him there either. Right. But when I say got, all those guys are most likely going to go ahead of Evan Ingram and Dynasty Startup as well. So I'm okay with, you know, me taking my guys that I want to take, knowing I can get Evan Ingram right around the fifth round, fourth round of my Dynasty Startup. And I'm completely comfortable with that because not only am I getting a guy who's young, I can also start right away. Again, he's number five overall tight end his rookie year. That is phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. You, it's so hard to get any kind of – there's so many few tight ends that come in and help you early. And those guys that do end up being elite tight ends, a la Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yep. So we talked about him earlier. He's just a big receiver playing tight end, and that's exactly what he is, a big receiver playing tight end. And, 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 and his wide receiver type of numbers from college translated into the NFL – Almost, almost seamlessly. So, I mean, I, I really like the way they used they used them there this past year. I'm sure it, it gives a nice template for the new coach on how to to move them around and get them involved in the offense as well. Yeah, him and Hunter Henry are two young tight ends that I really like a lot. And there's another tight end. I like that you say that because I, I've got both of them in one league, which yeah. is insane to me. But the thing with Hunter Henry is he's only 24 years old. Right. So a lot of people don't realize. I mean, I'm sure people do realize Hunter Henry's pretty young. But going into, what, his fourth, third, fourth year? This will be his third year coming up. Yeah. He's yep. still only 24 years old. Way, the upside there is tremendous. Right. And, and the way that he goes, so does the <laughs> so do the Chargers, basically. You know, when he had, like, 60 yards, they were, like, undefeated. So mm-hmm. they they know, they figured it out um, after a few games of, of kind of playing like crap that they needed to get him more involved. And when they did, their offense did better, their whole team did better. And then they, that's when they kind of started making that, uh, playoff push and, th- and this to me here Evan Ingram getting number seven is such good value because again it's so hard to find good quality play at tight mm-hmm. end and when you get past those guys I mean at number four overall on a year you had Delaney Walker but he's over 30 right and then Jimmy Graham he's is right over 30 right. you know he's over 30 you got Jack Doyle which is he's gonna hold fine but Kyle Rudolph at eight he's nothing like he's 28 I think 20 somewhere right yeah and he's there. not somebody you're overly confident other weapons risk. they have right. there yep. and then at number nine overall you had Jason Wynn He's a dinosaur. Older than dirt. Number 10, Cameron Brait. You have to worry about uh, O.J. Howard. OJ Howard. Right, right. Number 11, Ben Watson. Pfft, no. Jared Cook at 12. No. So, I mean, again, the rarity of tight end, it's, it's you want one of those guys. If you want to be uh, – the reason I preach about having such a good tight end all the time, well, I'm not afraid to go out there and trade for those guys mm-hmm. and try and go get those guys, is that's the edge that's going to give you that that you need over your opponent. That when it comes to dynasty, when everybody has such well-rounded rosters – you want the guy that's going to give you an edge, a guy like Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, that are going to push you way, you know, way the over the edge makers, over your, yeah. po- your points. You're getting wide receiver two, wide receiver one numbers at the tight end position, which is phenomenal. That 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 will win you championships. So you have the eighth pick? With the eighth pick, um, hello, my name is Matt. I was wrong about Juju Smith-Schuster. We were both really wrong about um, Juju smith I would just like to admit that right here, right now. Um, so he did way better than, obviously, I would have thought he moved way better than I saw on tape. And 
He ends ends the year 917 yards on 58 receptions and seven touchdowns, which led all of the rookie wide receivers. This year is wide receiver 23, so right. a high end or a low end wide receiver two, which is phenomenal. Phenomenal for I mean, so here's the deal. Um, Kevin Colbert's just really good at picking wide receivers. I'm going to just default to him from here on out. So whatever whatever wide receivers they pick there in Pittsburgh, I'm just going to go with and say that they're good from now on. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely wrong. I think we're the whole year as a whole, the, the USC wide receiver really took an about face. They did. From the rookie to the third-year guy in Nelson Aguilar, Aguilar. And then Robert Woods coming Robert out and Woods. showing to me. Marquise Lee actually didn't even look that Marquise bad until he Lee got, looked really good this year as well. Yep. So all those guys, yeah. all in one year, do the about face. Yep. Where none of them have done anything until now, and they all come out and they have the year of USC wide receiver. They've all come out and shown pretty well. Where we use that narrative against him, now it's now there's no way we can use that. Because to me, even a guy like Robert Woods, a guy who's only 25 years old, and when it comes to dynasty value, is I mean, he's something that's really being overlooked and people are not valuing whatsoever when I would want as many Robert Woods shares as I possibly can get at 25 in that offense I agree. where that's going. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know if we mentioned – I think I feel we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago before we took a break is I'm trying to get as many Robert Woods shares as I possibly can. I'd be willing to give him a first-round pick anywhere from pick, say, 8, eight to 12. Yeah, 8 to 12. I'd be sure. very happy to give up because even in this deep rookie class now, this, this 16, 17 rookie class, which is one of the best ones we're going to see in a while, we're at pick number 8, and that's where we take Juju Smith. I'd have no problem taking Robert Woods here over Juju Smith in a startup. Now, I would take Juju over Robert Woods in a startup, but I'm saying – that's where we're already at. Because the next guy on the list is I'm taking Joe Mixon. I would rather have Robert Woods than Joe Mixon. So you're talking about pick nine last year right, in a class right. that we know is studly over this year's class of unknowns. So of pick, unknowns, right. So anywhere so, from yeah. pick eight to 12, I'm giving up for Robert Woods. I, but, I'm with you there, man. Uh, he's definitely shown a lot, um, a lot more than I thought he had as well. Another guy that was very surprising. Yeah, I think out of this draft class, I feel like we were pretty dead on about almost everywhere we talked about here. You know, we said not to draft Samajay Pirine. We said not to draft John Ross early. Uh, neither of these guys are going to be we're taking in with either of our picks in the second round right. of this draft. We were wrong about Juju Smith. Came out, played really well. And looks like the opposite of Antonio Brown and with Big Ben there, he should play pretty well for a while there because most likely Martavis Bryant is not coming back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I, even if he did, I think he'd be in the, a similar role that he was in at the end of the year. I mean, I think Juju just showed more. More reason for not to come back. They'll draft a the guy, right. let him develop. Yep. Uh, and then you still have Eli Rogers there as well to be the kind of that nice little slot receiver. Uh, nothing special when it comes to you know fantasy-wise, right. but for an NFL team, he helps No, nicely. Eli, I think, is a great number four wide receiver for so juju team. goes at eight and number nine i'm taking joe mixon you know finishes year is number 34 overall running back huge disappointment there mm-hmm. the, they had jeremy hill early he was playing timeshares with and he obviously got hurt he was any realized everybody realized he probably sucked Gio bernard came out really strong at the end there definitely when joe mixon got hurt i'm not giving up on joe mixon yet at no, all me neither uh he's still young still has a lot of talent they still have good investment there He's still going to be the guy there, but right now I think he fits. Right, I think this is right where he belongs, right around pick nine. And to be honest with you, I take him at nine, and I would not be like I would have nothing in problem with taking the next guy like Cooper Cup. 
right. ahead of him. So I take Joe Mixon at nine. I think he's – I don't know how he is as a buy low guy right now when it comes to this rookie draft. I'd be putting feelers out there because I think he's going to be a nice quality running back. If this year is a running back 34, I think he's better than that. But I also don't think that he'll ever be like a high-end running back either. Okay. Like he'll be. I think he's got the skills too. I I think he, I think he's got to do a little bit of developing here in the off season. Um, I, I see. I can see him as. I can see him finish as a low end running back one. But I, I think it, I, I think it's going to be hard with Geo there as well because a lot of a lot of Joe Mixon's value in college, especially, was tied into the running uh, to the passing game rather. And with Geo there, I'm not sure he's going to get used to his fullest extent. So it it may be another couple of years before he really realizes his full fantasy potential. And there's a lot of guys ahead of him too that just I mean we mentioned not only all the rookie running backs we have here, but then the elite of the starters are out there. You know, like the David Johnson who's coming back, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke oh, Elliott, yeah. those guys. Right. Saquon Barkley coming in. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Darius Geis passes him up. Wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Sonny uh, Sony Michelle can pass him up as well. So we'll see there. Uh, obviously, there's some running backs also that are going to be PPR running backs that could potentially be more valuable with Joe Mixon. But I do see him as a nice, young, quality running back. It's just how is he really going to fit in that offense, kind of like you mentioned with Gio Bernard. Right, right. And next, uh, with the 10th pick in the first round, I picked uh, our man, Moscow Mule himself. Love um, him. Cop, yeah. Finish year's wide receiver 25. I know. He was second in, He was second amongst rookies to Juju Smith-Schuster with 869 yards on 62 rece- uh, receptions. Um. Five touchdowns. Uh, what else can you really say about the guy? Captain Reliable, just like he was in college. Uh, you know, he, he did it actually in, in a couple of the games that I saw. He did have a couple of drops. But for the most part, the guy's there. He's making plays. He's he's running good routes. And it's it's really encouraging to see that, you know, when you see it on tape in college, sometimes it doesn't translate immediately to the NFL. But for, for Cooper Cup, it really did. Everything we said about him came true. Yep. Everything. We told everybody to take Cooper Cup at the very high end of your first at that low end of your first round or the high end of your second round when nobody else was telling you to take him. Because we said this guy is most likely going to be a very consistent wide receiver three for the next eight years, which holds their weight in gold for a guy like him. And right. what does he finish? He finished the year as wide receiver twenty five. That's wide receiver one amongst wide receiver of, threes. Of the threes, right. And, again, this is where I see, you know, do they bring back Sammy Watkins? Possibly. And I think Sammy Watkins would have a much better year next year in that when he gets, in, you know, more Once he's had offense. a full off season and stuff. I mean, he got traded in there pretty late. <laughs> so, for me, this, like, I don't, th- I don't think Cooper Cup's value is going much higher than where he is now. Like, wide receiver 25. I think wide receiver 25 – when you look back at it, it, might be one of his best finishes amongst his career, possibly. Definitely Robert Woods, definitely with Sammy Watkins if they bring him back there. If they don't bring Sammy back, then obviously it gives a bump to Cooper Cup. But I can still finish, see him finishing his you know, wide receiver 18 to 32 on a consistent basis. I was going to say, next... I could see him peek into the wide receiver too. Oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. And to me, he's just a really good quality receiver. Mm-hmm. He'll never finish most likely as a wide receiver one, but you don't need him to. No, where where you drafted him, um, <laughs> you know if if you have him on your in your roster as your third wide receiver, he's going to he's going to do good things for you because he's going to most likely produce like a very high end wide receiver three and and or a wide receiver two. 
He's somebody to help you win a championship. Yeah, which is what we're looking to do right. at all times. So he's somebody that if you have like a DeAndre Hopkins, Jarvis Landry, and he's your wide receiver three, you feel very very comfortable about Absolutely. that. And that's a spot you don't have to worry about for a long time. Love the Cooper Cup pick again in this draft class. Getting a player like him at number 10th, 10 overall, tremendous. Big time. Love Cooper Cup. Wonder where his like value is amongst like a dynasty startup. I w- I'd be interested to see if he's like overvalued. Slightly, I just like to see where he would go because I would still like a guy like Robert Woods, a guy in the same team. I can see some people taking Cooper Cup ahead of Robert Woods. When to me, I would definitely take Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. Well, uh, yeah, I would probably take Woods over Cooper Cup at this point. I mean, especially given Cooper Cup's age, he is a little older for a rookie. He's twenty four years old, and and you said Robert Woods was what only twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess from that standpoint, I probably would. Um, go with Robert Woods as well. So here at number 11, you know, I'm kind of torn. Like, do I want to take Mike Williams, a receiver, who was a top 10 NFL pick with a lot of upside and potential? Or do I want to take somebody a little bit safer? So I'm going to go with the route and take somebody a little bit safer. I'm going to take tight end here. Uh, not O.G. Howard. I'm actually going to take David Njoku. Showed me enough in that terrible offense and terrible quarterback play. I think he would even hit. I think we'd be talking about a little bit more. If you would have went to a different team with a better quarterback, We'd be talking about Njoku maybe a little bit higher here. For somebody that came in so raw. He was, yeah, he was definitely raw. Coming and we in. talked how much time he needs. He showed me, he finished the year as tight end 24, 24. which is not good. No, not great <laughs> at all. But he showed me enough athleticism-wise being a you know first-round pick that he could be a part of this offense. And not even next year, but in three years, that he'll be one of these guys we're talking about as a top six dynasty target tight end so to me at the end of the first round i feel very comfortable taking a guy like david and joku he definitely has the athleticism and stuff to to produce exactly what you said and be a top five top top six tight end in the future but as of now yeah he's still raw he's still raw their offense as a whole friggin' stinks and uh I, I really don't want anyone other than duke johnson in that offense you know josh going, gordon yeah i guess I'll take all the Josh Gordon shares I could possibly I, get. I mean, I guess. But, you know, they're going to take a quarterback number one overall. They're most likely to sign a vet, so the, that quarterback's not going to play all year as it is. No, either, I totally most likely. Agree. Yeah. So I still like – I just like David Njoku as a nice long-term tight end. I think he has really good value, really good upside. Again, somebody that in a dynasty startup, I'm not drafting to be my tight end one this year, but somebody who I definitely want to get a share is a share of, they'd be in my tight end two, and then my future tight end one. Right on. And I'm going to go stick stick with the same um, position group here and go O.J. Howard, um, a guy that finished a little bit better than uh, David Njoku, Njoku on the year. Missed a couple games towards the end and one on IR as well. Um, so, but still but, one but, tight end 21 for being almost like that, – that shocked me as much because I feel like he just wasn't really – he did have some touchdowns, but wasn't really used. This he, year. I was gonna say he, he was he was sparingly used. Um, obviously, Cameron Brait uh, finished as the, um, the number ten overall tight end, so I think that'll start uh, flipping a little bit as as OJ Howard progresses a little bit. And he and he flashed a few games. I mean, he had a, a twenty seven point game, a fourteen point game, a thirteen point game, uh, two fourteen point games. Okay, and and so. Um, you know, he, he, in my eyes, showed enough that I, I like what he does. He's an overall tight end that, you know, doesn't necessarily need to ever be taken off the field. Yeah, he's an overall solid tight end. It's going to be a tight end one probably for the next eight to ten years. I agree. Yep. So, yep. 
to me, I'm just the reason only I would take the way I'd explain why I would take OJ Howard or David and Joku over him is just on the I would go more with just athleticism. Yeah, he definitely when it comes to like receiving yards and things along those lines, and definitely when it comes to touchdowns along though. I think when it comes to fantasy points, I think Njoku has the higher ceiling than a guy like O.J. Howard, where I think O.J. Howard to be very consistent across the board. I'm with you. Something that you have as your tight end that you're very happy with, yep. and you're very happy with for a long time coming. I agree. So with the first pick in the second round now, talking about somebody who's dropped a lot, I'm going to take Mike Williams, wide receiver for the San Diego Chargers. I know. I can't believe he actually fell this far. <coughs> I was very shocked, actually, when we even did this. Like, oh, I can't believe – when I made the pick, I was like, I can't believe he's this far. Like, mm-hmm. I'm – Am I making a mistake here? Do I take him, you know, behind guys like Joe Mixon? But I think the talent just has pushed him down here. It's not again. I don't even think this is a, a knock against Mike Williams. It's just everybody else ahead of him is just that good. Honestly, he re- uh, yeah. And Mike Williams, he was hurt all year. I was going to say when you have uh, this uh, this good of a class, um, injury is going to knock you down, man. Even it, it doesn't doesn't matter how good you were in college if. If you haven't shown anything in the NFL, and you got all these other guys that are really came in and started basically immediately producing, you're gonna get you're gonna naturally just get pushed down. That's, yeah, that's how it works. The talents there. I think he's gonna take a big step next year. Just gets get through the camp healthy, which he did not do this year. And I think right now, getting a guy like Mike Williams with the first pick in the second round is if this was an actual rookie redraft where you had to redraft your rookies at the end of the year would be. The steal of the century. Mm-hmm. The steal of the century. You're getting a guy who's a top 10 NFL pick at receiver on a good offense who doesn't even have to be the number one receiver there because you have a guy like Keen Allen offset him for the couple of years right. now. I love getting Mike Williams at 13 here. I still think he has a really bright future where I don't like John Ross at all going forward. I do like Mike Williams here at 13. I would still take everybody that we mentioned ahead of him. Yep. Uh, does he have a higher ceiling than Cooper Cup? Absolutely. But right now, Cooper Cup is guaranteed safety. and That's why we took him In the first before. round, right. I'm taking guaranteed safety. So, at 13, I would take Mike Williams, wide receiver, San Diego Chargers. Um, and there you go. At number 14, I decided to uh, dip into a whole new position group. We haven't, we haven't touched on any of these guys yet. And I, um, I grabbed Deshaun Watson. I mean, the guy is the number two rookie passer and he only played in seven games yeah the guy the, the guy ahead of him Deshaun Kaiser literally played in like every single game and finished with nine more fantasy points or 11 more fantasy points, which is sorry. crazy I mean Horrible Deshaun man. Watson only played three what you, three four games he, he played seven games seven games yep. and he finished his wide receiver 26 or quarterback 26 on right. the year uh, upsides there, De- guy like DeAndre Hopkins there. They like how Bill O'Brien, who's his coach, he just got an, signed like, to an extension, four-year extension. Yep. So, to me, Deshaun Watson here, why not? Why not get a stud quarterback? Just tore it up there before he he got injured. I mean, one, two, three forty-point games, and then two twenty-five-plus uh, point huh. games. I mean, it's and then he got injured, unreal. unfortunately. But uh, so it's five what five games. Uh, Five games of, of just amazing numbers, numbers. and then the, okay. fir- the first two games were, you know, just normal okay. fantasy production. Yeah, so I think it's a pretty solid pick here. Again, it's just quarterback position is going to get that's dropped a, down. That's a huge If this difference. was a super flex league, I could see him getting pushed up way higher. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably right around, to me, I would still probably take all four of those running backs and probably put Deshaun Watson at number five oh, in a no. super flex league. Super flex league? He For you, be- you take him higher? Yeah. In a super flex league, yeah, I, you know what? I can't say that I traded Leonard Fournette yeah. straight up for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he would league. go. He would go above Leonard Fournette, Delvin Cook, 
Maybe Kareem Hunt. It would be between Alvin Kamara and him for number one. One one for yeah, you, really? I think so. Yep. I'd stake Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara both out of them. Personally. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, this class you're, you're nitpicking. At I, the, am, I mean, I'm a nitpicker at this point. But my throat hurts and I'm yeah. sick and I don't want to get into it with you. All right. <laughs> so, uh, I, so I win. Perfect. You win. Uh, at number 15, I'm taking George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, somebody that we talked about, again, this offseason we liked a lot. Obviously, this is a huge bump to his draft stock, but to mm-hmm. me, the future is beyond bright. This is, again, in a dynasty startup, somebody I got to try and get a, sh- a share of. I'm trying to make sure he's my tight end, too, going forward. Finishes the year as tight end number 19 overall. Mm-hmm. But for a guy of his stature and his status, I love it. I think he is the future there with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to slowly emerge himself as the number one viable passing option in that San Francisco offense. We know Kyle Shanahan does like the tight end as well. So I think George Kittle, again, at 15 here, is great value. And I think he's going to be somebody who's helping your dynasty roster for years to come. Absolutely. I loved your point about, um, you know, obviously him and Jimmy Garoppolo um, having just a good connection. And, and obviously we were kind of pumping this guy up just due to the Kyle Shanahan uh, offense at the beginning of the year. So made us look good. Yeah, absolutely. And and he finished strong too, which is always nice to see. I mean, he finished with a, a nine point game followed by a 13 point game by a 14 point game. So, I mean, that's what you want to see, especially out of your young guys is to really, you know, towards the end of the year, especially is to finish strong. Yeah. Most tight ends are not viable to use for your fantasy team until year three. I think George Kittle is going to be viable for your fantasy team next year. I'm, I'm with you. There. So I think yep. he's ahead of the curve. I think he's that good. I think he's going to finish as a tight end one next year. Uh, amongst the top 12, and I think you're going to be very happy not only with that draft pick, but if you're doing a dynasty startup, I think you'll be happy with them for a long time coming. Uh, next pick, you're on the clock at number 16, the fourth pick in the second round. So the, with the fourth pick in the second round, I'm going to pick Zay Jones. Love it. Um, so at this point, I'm going a little bit more upside pick here because obviously – he flashed in a few games. Well, the uh, news just came out. He played with a torn labrum. Right. That's a terrible injury to play with. It's really hard. It And what it limits is your ability to basically raise your arms up. So any sort of errant passes that were off the mark, really, really hard to get your hands up there and, and with any strength catch the ball. And, and that's something that really Zay Jones did really, really well, even leading up, you know, in the senior bowl and that kind of stuff. Um were the were the tough acrobatic catches. So it was a little baffling to me throughout the year that he had so many drop issues. But then again, look who was throwing him the ball. I mean, I think, you, you know, not the most accurate quarterback in the world um, there in Buffalo. So I, I think next year they're going to – they're obviously going to be looking they, – they tried to replace Tyrod Taylor in the middle of the year to no avail because Nate Peterman was so terrible. But they're obviously going to be looking for a new quarterback, and that can only spell good things from a man's age. Yeah, I think his uh, long-term status is definitely on the up. I'm still a fan of him. Uh, I would take him over so many other receivers in the NFL right now. Definitely these previous guys that people are still trying to wait on and have high hope on. I would much rather get him on a guy like Zay Jones in that Buffalo offense and see where it's going to go forward. Uh, With the next pick, I'm going to take a receiver, too. I'm going to take Chris Godwin. Okay. Somebody you didn't really like coming in this uh, out of this process out of Penn State. I like Chris Godwin probably a little bit more than you coming out to it. And he came on really strong at the end of the year. Didn't do anything early. Uh, really didn't do anything at all until about week number 10 where he had five catches for 68 yards. But really finished definitely the last two weeks of the year, week 16, week 17, uh, 98 yards, 111 yards. 
And to me, Deshaun Jackson is at the end of his rope. He's done for. And I think he showed me enough. Chris Godwin showed me enough that he's going to be the number two receiver there for the next, I think, at least three years at a minimum. Offsetting a guy like O.J. Howard. Offsetting Mike Evans, who's a stud. And if Jameis can get together, this is somebody, again, who might be able to finish on your dynasty roster as a wide receiver three going forward. No, I I agree. Um, Godwin definitely looked better, and I think his opportunity is definitely coming. Yeah, like you were saying, Deshaun Jackson – I, I'm not sure he'll make it to his second year of that contract. Um, just didn't produce. It looked like glue factory type of deal for Deshaun Jackson. So, um, yeah, they can move this guy into like a slot, be one of those nice big slot yep, receivers. He'll get his opportunity. I think he's definitely on the up. A nice, good investment. Definitely, again, right here in the middle of the second round, we're pretty happy with this. So I'm taking Chris Godwin. I'm taking him with a big smile. Yep. You're in the clock with the number 18th pick. Um, with the number 18 pick, I am taking the human joystick himself, Tariq Cohen. Um, obviously, started off the year with a bang, um, especially when um, Howard was a little dinged up and they were using him probably a little bit more than they wanted to. Um, but really, not a very creative offense to begin with. And, and with that whole coaching staff getting cleared out um, on the offensive side of the ball and Matt Nagy coming in um, from Kansas City, I think a little bit more creative vibe will be happening here, and, and they'll be, uh, you know, scheming a little bit more stuff for Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Howard's the worst pass catching running back in the run NFL as it is today. He's terrible at it. He's not good at it. So he's a he's a really good ying to Howard's yang. Right. When you have a north south runner like Jordan Howard, I think Tariq Cohen is one of those guys when we were talking about earlier that, that PPR running back to come in and be viable. One of those guys that finishes a nice mid range running back two for you if utilized right. And I believe that future is definitely going to be utilized correctly. So Tariq Cohen right here in the middle of the second round, a nice safe pick for somebody, you know, with upsides, not tremendous because you kind of know what you got in them and Mm -hmm. need to be utilized exactly how he was utilized when he was successful. Right. But somebody that you can have on your roster as, you know, uh, your, your running back three, uh, they can use either bye weeks or injuries and feel very comfortable with him. Right. Well, I mean, most likely he's sitting there as your running back four because you, you took him pretty late. Oh, sixth round of the yeah. drafts last year. So, I mean, he's not, a huge bump. To yeah, him. you're not you're not really relying too much on him um, from where you drafted him. But um, I think this is the big bump in his value. And I think I, I liked what I saw out of him. So that's why I, I gave it to him. Okay. And number 19, I would take Curtis Samuel, wide okay. receiver for the uh, Carolina Panthers. Big reason, you know, they came out and said when they got rid of Devin Fun, uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin because they wanted to see what they had in Curtis Samuel, something that they invested in, second round, quality speed receiver, really good compliment to Devin Funches. Obviously, he got hurt, was out for the year as soon as they make the trade. But, again, going forward, I think the future is bright. I think he's a overall just really good athletic tool. You were confused about the fit. Uh, with just him and Christian McCaffrey, both doing kind of like the same kind of player. Absolutely. But we saw where Christian McCaffrey finish the year. I think if they could use Curtis Samuel and somewhat offset even him, I think he could be viable. Again, as a nice quality wide receiver three with even a higher ceiling potential than that, just if they they need something more dynamic than Devin Fungus. He was, he was definitely uh, starting to come into his own right before he got injured, unfortunately. Um they were ju- they were just starting to utilize him a little bit, and bam, he gets injured and, and has to go on injured reserve. So I I'm, I am excited to see how they're going to use him a little bit. Um, if we had more clarity on where, where this this receiver position depth chart sat going into next year, now 
I would I would be okay with even taking Curtis Samuel higher. But right now, do they draft another receiver? Do they sign a receiver in free agency? Devin Funches is number one. What's still going to happen there in Carolina? There's still some unknowns there for me. But I think Curtis Samuel is definitely a part of the future. Uh, so for me, this is an upside pick. All right. And um, with my next pick, I'm also going to go a guy that – we kind of saw it emerge late here. So another upside pick, uh, uh, D.D. Westbrook from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously a guy that he, he had, a, I believe, a sports hernia yep. surgery right before this season. So, I mean, it, shoot, when was it that he actually got back? It was not till like game 11. So, I mean, between game weeks 11 and 17, he put up 339 yards of offense and just – looked explosive obviously they're going to be moving on from um alan robinson here in the offseason i think alan hearns took a little bit of a step back in the offense this year as well i mean obviously blake blake bortles isn't the ideal quarterback but he's shown enough that i'm not sure they're going to get rid of him i mean they they're one they're winning playoff games they're still in it now um and and he seems to have a connection with dd westbrook and another fellow rookie uh Keelan Cole. Yeah, so let's let me just pick up that real quick because at number twenty one, it's what my take is Keelan Cole. So For we sure. have back to back Jaguar receivers. And everything you said, you know, Allen Robinson most likely not coming back there in Jacksonville. Allen Hearns, we don't know what's going to happen to Allen Hearns there as well. So you have these two guys that came on strong. I mean, Keelan Cole finished a year as wide receiver four amongst rookies in receiving yards. He finished the year with seven hundred forty eight receiving yards. Right, that is tremendous, and I know he has you know drop problems as well. But he's still utilizing the offense, even though he's a big play receiver. So for me, I'm going to gamble. We don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. Are they going to sign a receiver? Are they going to draft a guy? Or do they feel comfortable? You know, is Marquise Lee? I think he's a free agent too. So do they sign Marquise Lee? Do they restrict Marquise Lee? Right. What happens there as well? We don't know what's going to happen. So there's a possibility where D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole are the guys going forward the one, into next year. Are the year. one and two wide receivers there for sure. I yeah. can see him bringing back Marquise Lee, but still that – one of these guys is going to emerge as a quality receiver. Is it going to be Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook? I'm with you. I would take D.D. Westbrook over Keelan Cole. Right. So I'm okay with that. But I have no problem the very next pick taking Keelan Cole for that gamble. Again, a guy who was coming in off the radar completely, not even on people's draft boards. Then he comes in and he finishes the year as number four overall fa- rookie receiver with over 700 receiving yards. That's just too much to pass up right here. That's just too good a value. It is too good a value. Um, I'm totally with you. And moving on to the 22nd pick, I'm going to take Adam Shaheen, tight end of the Chicago Bears. A lot of the same reasoning goes into this pick as the Tariq Cohen pick. I mean, obviously the OC is coming over from Kansas City where they they know how to scheme and get a tight end involved. I mean, just look at Travis Kelsey's numbers. Shaheen is a guy that is probably actually bigger than than oh, Kelsey, yeah. I think a he's a, he's like he's a couple like inches bigger. Six, eight, than, yeah, I think yeah. some of those lines. So, um, not he's not gonna be hard to find, basically, and, and I think they'll be able to scheme to get this guy the ball a little bit, um, and, and get him more involved. I don't I don't see like huge numbers out of, out of him year number two, but if he makes a nice progression here and flashes some more in year two, I would expect very big things from Adam Shaheen going yeah, forward. He definitely falls into the three year tight end mm-hmm. rule where. He's being drafted right now, late second round, where we had him earlier. Right. So he's almost getting drafted right where we had him originally anyways, yep. right towards the late of the second round. 
raw coming in, coming out of Ashton University. So, again, right. somebody that needed to acclimate to the NFL as it was, as the tight end is going to take time. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the room to grow with a guy like Mitch Trubisky. You mentioned Matt Nagy is going to come in. And he's, he's like you said, he can utilize the tight end. So, I think this is, again, really good value here. I can see him and a lot of other people's like, drafts falling actually – lower than this because he just he was almost invisible right in here. he was almost invisible i just wanted to make sure people <laughs> remembered him so i can see a lot of people taking like you know samaj p ryan ahead of him or john ross right or anybody that was like based on draft status but to me i do like adam sheehan here i think he's a good pick with the next pick at 23 overall i'm gonna take pat mahomes pat mahomes <laughs> quarterback of the kansas city chiefs good enough to get rid of alex smith with they have tyree kill there they have travis kelsey there they have kareem hunt there uh He's the quarterback of the future there. Right now, we're getting some guys who's like, okay, you know, I'd much rather get the high end of a, a mobile, strong-armed quarterback here at the end of the second round that might be the face of my franchise for the next 10 years. Right. I'm going to take Pat Mahomes. Yep. And uh, with the 24th pick, the last pick that we're going to do here today, I took a kind of a little bit of a surprising guy and a guy that I, I there aren't stats to back up this claim other than obviously preseason type of stuff. Um, but I'm going to go with Chris Carson. Um Really, um, obviously, it's just totally in flux, the the running back situation there in Seattle. And had they advanced and, and made it into the playoffs, I mean, they really wanted to get this guy up and running. So he's he, he must be nearing full health, which is something that's going to be good for his offseason this year. You know, he's not going to be having to rehab. He'll actually be able to do offseason stuff with them. And I think the future is bright for Chris Carson. He was clearly – clearly their best running back absolutely this year on the season start off the year really strong right like he was the man before he got hurt then obviously he got hurt and nobody else could fill those shoes so chris carson looked the best what we're looking here for him going forward is is he do they draft the guy high right. you know do they take a running back in the first round second round uh if they do that's really going to hurt chris carson's value do they sign a guy in free agency do they sign a guy like carlos hyde that hurts chris Carson's value but if he goes into it which is pretty much the same maybe a later round rookie pick I definitely like him going forward as a starter he showed me enough where like if I have him on the back of my dynasty roster I'm very happy me too which is why I wanted to snag him up <coughs> okay so I'm dying rich is done guys this was a really hard podcast for me to get through we actually had to stop it like multiple times and just let him coughs. just let him cough. <clears throat> we never stop the podcast. We don't edit the podcast, but I had to stop this just a couple times to cough and get it through. Um talking for an hour straight does not feel good. No. I feel terrible right now, I'm not gonna lie. All right. But you know, we got through it. Well the good news the is you look like crap too. Yeah, even better. Mm-hmm. So this is our first podcast of twenty eighteen. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm really excited about next week as we dive way too early into the Dynasty rookie draft. Uh, I'm way pumped too for that too. Early. Yep. After that, we'll recap the East-West Shine game, which is this weekend. And then after by then, we'll be able to cover the Senior Bowl as well, which is going to be pretty deep with a guy like Dave Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen there. <coughs> so after the Senior Bowl, then what we're going to do, we're going to start breaking down the rookies. Yep. Nothing else to talk about after this. Non-stop we're going to start getting into rookie it. rookie action. Yep. Running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. We're going to start breaking them down. And remember the way we do it, we break it down early. Then we break it down again after the NFL draft. Yep. And we'll do the whole combine thing as well. But we're going to start getting into these guys and giving our opinion on these guys and where we stand. And let's get ready to round out this 2018 rookie class, which looks pretty solid. It does look pretty good so far. So until then, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, if you're rooting for one of your teams, they make it to the Super Bowl still. I hope so. Who's your picks for this weekend? Who's going to the Super Bowl? 
Oh, Minnesota. Yep. I think Minnesota and uh, New England. Yeah. I, for some reason, I don't know why in my gut, I feel like Jacksonville is going to upset New England. That would be crazy. A defense is so damn good. It is good. And but Brady I, I does, never pick against Tom Brady. Yeah, Brady has trouble if you can pressure him up the gut. But if I had to pick it today, just to be different than most anyways, I'm, I'm saying Jacksonville, Minnesota. I think Minnesota uh, has a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, me too. I so, think they had a pretty special group going. Skull, skull, skull. It'd be crazy, too, for home field advantage. Yeah, good for them. Yep. So I know we have some people out there that listen uh, that are Minnesota fans. So to all your fans, Boston fans, all of you guys, good luck. Yeah, you good never luck. know. Philly yep. can win, too. Not Absolutely. putting it past them. Absolutely. You know, if yeah. Foles come out, ball out for a game, Their defense they're good. Is- Dealing as well. They're legit. They yeah. haven't given up any points in the last two minutes of the year. Right. So, all right, guys. Till then, we'll be back next week. Later. Later, guys. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.